Welcome to the Awaken, Heal, and Thrive podcast. I'm Benjamin Bernstein, and today's episode is special. It's the audio recording of an in-person experiential presentation I did on February 4th, 2023 for the Connecting Consciousness chapter in Asheville, North Carolina. It covers the most important information from my invocation book, plus lots of other juicy spiritual topics. It also includes me guiding you through the most important invocations from my book. These include invocations for embodied awakening, healing, calling in whatever energy you want, and flowing highest good energy to others. I edited that two-hour presentation down to 93 minutes for this podcast. When I was doing the editing, it reminded me of back when I was producing my first singer-songwriter album in my home studio. If you didn't know, I was once a professional musician. I had painstakingly assembled a vocal track out of dozens of different takes and played it back for my romantic partner. I said, I didn't know I sounded that good. And she said, you don't. That's the case here as well. I've cut out all my ums, ahs, false starts, and other mistakes. I've also cut out anything else that might detract from your optimal listening experience. The audio quality is not as good as my other episodes, since I recorded the presentation on a tiny digital recorder using its built-in microphone, and the lecture room was a concrete block basement. But you can understand me clearly, and I've made it sound as good as I can. This episode is sponsored by my book, the number one Amazon bestseller called Instant Divine Assistance, your complete guide to fast and easy spiritual awakening, healing, and more. As I record this on February 7th, 2023, it has 76 ratings on Amazon with 93% being five star. Right now on Amazon's charts, the ebook is number two in new age mental and spiritual healing, number three in spiritual healing, and number seven in spiritual growth self-help. Just go to Amazon and search for Instant Divine Assistance or click the link in the show notes. I publish both audio and video versions of Awaken, Heal, and Thrive, so take your pick. The video versions are on my YouTube channel called Benjamin Bernstein Podcasts. However, because this episode is based on an audio recording, its video is a single unchanging image. Be sure to subscribe to Awaken, Heal, and Thrive wherever you get it. And if you have not already, be sure to click the link in the show notes for a chance to win a full year of my Awakening Plus online membership. That's a $189 value, and I announce a new winner every month. All right, enough preamble. Here is that invocation lecture. I'm Benjamin Bernstein, and just to let you know, today is an experiential event. I am going to talk a little bit, but I'm going to be guiding you in some processes that will give you a chance to have a direct experience of embodied awakening and a direct experience of healing. And I ain't going to do it. Your higher self is going to do it for you. Excellent. That's the whole premise of this book I just put out on Amazon. Instant Divine Assistance, your complete guide to fast and easy spiritual awakening, healing, and more. This book is based on 11 years of work, and I should probably tell you how these invocations even came to pass. Some of what I'll be saying is in the book, but I can't avoid some repetition. I put everything I knew about this in there. First, who knows what ayahuasca is? Whoa, no one does not know. That's great, except for you. Okay, who here is willing to admit they've actually done an ayahuasca ceremony if they've done? Okay, you got one. Okay, all right, so I've done almost 300. Um, ayahuasca, San Pedro cactus, mushrooms. These have profoundly transformed me. I'm not here to talk about ayahuasca so much, but that's where these invocations came from. In a ceremony, it was the New Year's ceremony, I believe, transitioning from 2010 to 2011. I was in New York doing a weekend. And 
in the second ceremony, in the middle of the ceremony, all of a sudden, ayahuasca, which is an incredible intelligence, you think, a plant, what would a plant know? But the plant is just the tiniest bit of it. It's actually massive in the spiritual realms and incredibly wise. And it drops these invocations into my brain out of nowhere. I had no clue about them before this. And it showed me, okay, you can call in your own awakening and I'll give it to you. Or your higher self will give it to you. And you can call in your own awakening and your higher self will do it for you. You actually delegate it to this part of you that's a way better awakener and healer than a humanist. And so I'm in the ceremony and I'm, I'm taught this. And if this sounds weird, in these ceremonial containers, I will have dialogue with the medicine. It's practically omniscient. So it's not uncommon to have actual intellectual exchange in a ceremonial context. So anyway, I get to the end of the ceremony and I thought, well, let me try this. And I said to myself, okay, maximum embodied awakening that serves highest good, please. And I relaxed and I was awake. Say it again, maximum. Maximum, it, maximum embodied awakening that serves highest good place. I'll give it to you in more detail soon. So I just relaxed and my higher self actually came into my body and merged with it. There it was. I'll tell you more about what that state entails shortly. And then it also said, oh, by the way, there's one for healing too. Maximum healing that serves highest good place. Wow. Okay. And the whole thing is just a template. It's maximum, fill in the blank, that serves highest good place. It worked for me. I just did the awakening one there. And then the ceremony is over. I turned to the lady next to me and said, I just got this amazing download. You want to try this thing? She says, oh, sure, sure. And she says it. And within seconds, she says, oh, my God, I'm in an awakened state. That's cool. And three people have been eavesdropping on us around the corner from us. We want to try that. Okay. Then they woke up. And I said, well, this is pretty impressive, but we're all in an altered state. It doesn't really count, right? <laughs> I was already acting as an astrologer at this point. And I started trying with my clients, who some of whom had never meditated a day in their lives, and they would try it, and it would work for them too. So by this time, I've now done this technology with thousands of people for more than 11 years, and it works just about every time. And this book is, again, the compilation of all that wisdom I've gained through the downloads and through the actual practice of it. In fact, this book now has over 70 ratings on Amazon, and a number of people just rave. I mean, they've never met me or even worked with us. I, I used the book and had like the most profound awakening or healing of my life, just doing those seven or eight little words and just relaxing. So it's extraordinary. And if you're sitting there really skeptical right now, I would be too, if I hadn't done this, because it sounds too good to be true. That's the first words in my book description. This may sound too good to be true. <laughs> and I say, well, try, see what happens. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with who for decades have struggled on a spiritual path and used effortful ego-based techniques to try to make something happen. And then they try this and I'm like, God, in 10 seconds, I got more than I've struggled with for years. It's crazy simple. You don't have to do this as we go through it together, but I will give you a chance to try this for yourself. In fact, the invocations go into more than even that. To me, the awakenings for healing and awakening are the foundational ones, bedrock of the system. But there's also variations. You can literally call in any energy you want I mean, it's like you got a thousand beer handles up there. Everyone has a different flavor of energy. Just pull the handle you want and just say maximum. This is the energy I want. This serves highest good. And you relax and you fill up with it. It's amazing. And what if you want to help someone else or you want to help a group of people or a situation? You say, please flow the energy through me for so-and-so's highest good. And you relax and it comes in your crown and it goes out your front and that energy goes right to them. And the beauty of the technology is 
You, the human, don't have to know any details. You don't have to do any training. You don't have to get any certifications. It's like your higher self is so smart; it already knows everything it needs to know to do what you're wanting to do. So you say, "I want to have the strongest spiritual awakening that I can hold right now," and the higher self, "Okay, I know how to do that. You just relax, chill out, and I'll give it to you. I'll take care of all the details. I want healing—physical, emotional, mental, spiritual." I'd like healing of this, please. And they said, "Okay, sir, I know how to do that. You relax and you put your attention where you want the healing, and I'll I'll do it. I want highest good for that person or that situation. You don't have to know the first thing about what their highest good even is. Most of us think we know, but we may not. How many of us really know the soul's highest intention for an incarnation? Right? We may have a total misguided perception of what that soul really signed up for, but the higher self knows. And when you call highest good, that higher self connects with their highest. Oh, like that, yeah. And then just." Flows it right through. You don't have to know a thing. In fact, one of the most extraordinary things is, let's say you are saying, "Okay, I, all I know is I have a real painful feeling in my heart chakra. It hurts emotionally, and I'm not even sure why. I just got triggered." And the great thing is, you don't even have to know why or what or how or any stories. It just hurts. Maximum healing, all gender, stirs it up, flushes it out. I've had so many healings with this tool and with ayahuasca ceremonies where. I would spend, you know, I feel these massive purges of really intense, challenging energy just flushing out my hands and my feet and going into Mother Earth, and not a clue what it was. And yet, it flushed and it was gone. I said, I feel a lot better. Whatever that was, I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> and one of the extraordinary things I've learned and that I put in the book too is you can have a profound, life-changing healing and have no clue what it was. You just let go of. I think you get information on a need-to-know basis. The higher self says you're actually better off not knowing that. If you knew that, you might get play with it and get pull it back, right? So let's keep it anonymous. Ignorance is bliss here. But if you need to know, it'll pop in an image or a thought, and you'll be enlightened to it. So that's kind of what I want to get into today. We might do a good ninety, maybe ninety plus minutes. So we'll get to play with these, and of course, doing it in groups even better because it just makes more power and makes it easier for everybody. So is anyone here not comfortable? Doing an invocation here. Anyone who would feel like that's just too weird ass for me. I need to get out of here. You know, <laughs> you don't have to do it. You can just sit there and not participate. Just kind of silently, just watch everyone else do it if you want. But you won't have as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I operate from certain assumptions, and as a professional shaman, shamanic healer, for me, the inner worlds are not theoretical. They're my office. I am always conscious of the inner realms. My sixth sense is always turned on. So they're just as real to me as the 3D world is to everyone else. So to me, it's just I'm perceiving them all the time, and they're just they're just there. So I am assuming that these spiritual realms are real. I'm also operating from the assumption that we each have a higher self. Does anyone have a problem with the idea that you might have a higher self that created your human self and is helping you out, some kind of spiritual ally that's kind of helping you from above? Your belief may differ a little bit from this, but let me at least tell you the assumption I work from. And by the way, believing in a higher self is not actually required to do this. I say in the book, if the idea of having a higher self is just too weird for you, you can call on Jesus Christ or your guardian angel or an external being. If you're not really comfortable with the idea that I have my own divine part, if you're still not comfortable with that, you can call on something you perceive to be external. That's fine. It'll still work. My understanding is, without getting into the whole Big Bang initial beginning of everything, each of us has a soul. And a book I recommend beyond mine, if you really want to get a sense of what a soul does to get ready for an incarnation, there's an amazing book called Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. 
this one of my, you read it, yeah, one of my all-time core favorite spiritual books. This guy was a hardcore secular hypnotherapist. He's regressing people back, and all of a sudden, they're, they're not only going back to their past lives, they're going back to that life between lives. I had already died from the prior incarnation. I am perceiving my reality as a disembodied spirit planning the lifetime I'm in now. The setup is just amazing how much detail a soul goes into preparing a lifetime. It's amazing. So that soul or higher self or divine self is the being that you're calling on to help you. So my perception is when the magic moment comes and that higher self has chosen a body to go into, at the right moment, the higher self takes a part of itself and puts it in the physical body. And that is the spark of life that gives it consciousness. Before that, it's just a bunch of protoplasm and cells. But the divine spark gives it consciousness. Now, there are a few exceptions, and you'd know if you are one. But for the most part, to go into a human experience, you've got to give yourself amnesia. My understanding, based on all the things I've experienced, if you have not opened to the spiritual realms yet, you're perceiving less than 1% of reality right now. You've got this the teeniest little sliver of everything. And that's why I love doing the plant spirit work with ayahuasca and San Pedro and mushrooms so much, is they have progressively opened me to greater perception of what's really out there. Do you all know the parable of the cave, Plato's parable of the cave? For those of you who don't, it's an ancient story from Plato. Who, you probably know who that is anyway. So his story is, okay, we've got a bunch of people in a cave, and they've been in this cave their entire lives. There's a fire behind them, and all they've ever seen is their own shadow and the shadow of other people projected on the front wall. And to them, that's reality. As far as they know, that's it. That's the whole shebang. And then one day, one of them has the gumption to get up and walk out of the cave and, oh my God, trees and mountains and sky and birds and clouds and water and rivers. Oh my God, I have no idea. This cool stuff without her. And he runs back into the cave. You guys, you, there's all this stuff. And he tries to describe it to them. And he said, you are insane. Sit back down and look at your shadow. <laughs> and it's just so far beyond their comprehension that they can't accept the idea that there's a greater reality than their shadows on the wall. And in a sense, all of us are there. One of my favorite phrases is, a level cannot comprehend a level beyond itself. That's so important, I'm going to say it one more time. A level cannot comprehend a level beyond itself. I may be talking about things today as if they were just my ordinary reality. I say, that sounds crazy. I have no idea what you're talking about. So you can either conclude the guy's insane and write me off, or you can say, well, that could be real, but I haven't gone there yet, so I can't comprehend it. And, and another trick is when you get into these higher dimensions, they're beyond language. That gets tricky as a speaker, let me tell you. Okay. So I, I think of it like Russian dolls. The innermost doll is the physical body. Then beyond that is the emotional body. And we all know emotions. And then there's a the mental body. We all, so we, we all know that stuff. But then beyond the mental body, you start getting the spiritual bodies. And they go on and on and on. So the trick with a spiritual body is it's beyond the mental body. There is no language for it. It is literally, by definition, beyond mental comprehension. So you can study and read and intellectualize your whole life, and you'll never have a clue about those dimensions until you actually get there yourself. There's a wonderful non-dual teacher I love named Adyashanti. I'll quote one of his things in his book. He's so pithy. He says, I'm about to talk about spiritual awakening, which cannot be described. So I know I'm going to fail. But I'm going to fail as well as I can. <laughs> and I'm in kind of the same boat as is any spiritual teacher. 
There's no words, but I'll, I'll do my best. I've kind of tangented a bit from my description of your soul. Let me recap and go back to that. I apologize for running on a tangent there. So here you are, you have the higher self. It puts a spark of itself into the human, and the human goes through the human lifetime. Again, for the reasons of having a human incarnation, it requires, for, for most, a certain level of amnesia. In other words, I have just a tiny fractional awareness of what I really am. I believe each of us is actually the entire universe and all the dimensions of consciousness, but it's simply each of us is God. Complete. There is nothing that is not God. Okay? God entertains itself by splitting off little bits of itself down to amnesia, into duality, and then that part works its way back into all-knowing again, and that's fun. And God repeats this endlessly. What else is there to do? <laughs> now, the higher self actually has a plan. As I said, if you read Journey of Souls, you'll see there's actually a plan for the lifetime, at least a rough outline of what those souls hoping to accomplish. There's no guarantee it'll happen because there's free will down here. How many of you have ever had an intuitive hit where you just sort of knew something out of the blue? And how do you know what's intuitive hit and what's just a thought? And I've asked hundreds of clients over the years about this, and they all agree on the following. They say, when it's intuitive hit, I know it in my bones. I know it in my gut. My whole body says, yes. That's an intuition. Now, it could be that one quarter of a second later, your ego will jump in and say, that's bullshit. <laughs> I don't believe that. So the doubting of the mind does not negate the truth of the intuition. It is the nature of the mind that has not awakened to a certain level to always doubt intuition. That's what a mind that hasn't got to a certain level of awakening always does. So don't beat yourself up if you're doing that. I did it too. I still do it sometimes. So just know that the doubting mind, if it's not awake to a certain level, will always doubt the intuitive hits. I also tell my clients to think back on the intuitive hits you've got that were suggestions to action and think about when you followed them and the ultimate outcomes of that, and when you didn't follow them, and the outcomes of that, which way worked better? <laughs> and to a person, everyone I've done says, you know what? Things actually do work out better when I follow that intuition. So I say, well, then, then don't believe anything. Just follow your own actual experience. If the intuition led you in a good direction, ultimately, then do it. So we get the hints all the time as the little human parts wandering around, amnesia, cut off from our true source, to a degree. So what I recommend is if you'll just follow that intuition, in other words, if I had to boil down the key to a wonderful life, awaken, because when you awaken, you become that which sends the intuitive flashes down, and you get so merged with it, you just know what to do all the time. There's no more having to decide and wonder about stuff. Because when you're, the part that sends the intuition actually merges with your human self, it's all one thing, and the higher self is actually driving. I like to say the body is like a car, and if the ego is willing to move over to the passenger seat and let your divine drive, so much nicer. The benefits are there's more harmony, flow, ease, and grace. Everything you're responsible for, you actually do more responsibly. People have to say, oh, if I'm awake, I'll be all spacey, and I won't care, I'll go sit in the cave somewhere. That's not the way I like to teach it. I say awakening should be functional and practical. Your human life should be better in every way if you're in embodied awakening, not spaced out, bliss out awakening, yeah. where I'm not even functioning, but awakening right here in 3D. Some people talk about that as 5D or 4D awakening. I just say embodied awakening for my own terminology. And then you also have this full body euphoria when you're in awakening. It's just there all the time.
you're used to it. It becomes your new normal. So those are some of the benefits you'll have when you experience it. And again, a lot of people I've worked with say, oh, I meditate and I'll spend an hour or two doing all these techniques and strategies. And I'll, I'll have a really blissful time and it feels really good. I might even go to some level of awakening, but then I, I'm done and I'm back in the same old shit. <laughs> what good is that? If you're going to awaken, it should last. It should actually make a profound, lasting difference here. There should be a baseline change. And that's what the embodied awakening does. Is it comes into the baseline. Let me add here too, I am not in any way saying I have the one true way. There are thousands of wonderful and effective paths. Mine is just one of a whole smorgasbord you could choose from. Each person has to choose for themselves what is the technique that is working for them best. And in fact, at the end of the book, I say, okay, take the best and leave the rest of everything I say. And if for the time being, what I give you is actually your most effective tool right now, use it until it isn't. It could be that you will later discover someone else's tool or path that works even better than my invocation. We say, you'd be a fool not to dump mine in the garbage and move on to a new thing. I say in the book, you know, for a while, Vipassana meditation was my gold mine. I said, oh my God, this is just so cool. So much better than anything I've ever done. And then I found ayahuasca and I said, oh my God, I'm done with Vipassana. I'm doing this. <laughs> you know how some people say, doesn't get any better than this. I have the opposite motto. It always gets better than this. And I'll tell you the story about how I really learned that. In 2011 and part of 2012, I was beginning to have full-on enlightenment experiences and ayahuasca ceremonies. I clear enough heavy energy in the ceremony, I would become, I'd say, I am awake. I am conscious of myself as this magnificent being of light. And it was amazing. And the ceremony would end, I'd still be there. I'd say, oh my God, this is so cool. This is what I've been shooting for all these years. And then I'd go to sleep and I'd wake up the next morning. It would be gone. I said, shit, it went away. No, 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 no. And then I'd do another ceremony. I'd wake up again. And sure enough, by the time I was sleeping and come up the next morning, it was gone again. I said, I want an awakening that sticks. I'm tired of this come and go stuff. So I went to Peru and I did a double dieta. I was in the jungle for a month and I did 10 ayahuasca ceremonies when I was in the jungle. And I actually made a deal with ayahuasca. I said, okay, you give me, I said, I'm, I'm bargaining with you, ayahuasca. You give me a permanent awakening that never leaves and then I'm never going to drink you again. <laughs> said, this has got to happen. So in the eighth ceremony, the awakening locked in. And in, in the jungle, when you do ayahuasca, we are in these little isolated huts in the jungle. You know, we can hear each other, but we can't see each other. And the idea with this shaman's work is you're only congregating when you're in ceremony. And then you go off to your little hut. They bring you the food. You've got a little toilet by the tambo. And, and basically, you stay by yourself. You're communing with the medicine. You're communing with the jungle. And then you're on your own doing your process until you come back to the ceremony again. So after the eighth ceremony, I'm there. And for a day and a half, I'm laying in my little hammock and I'm saying, oh, God, the bliss, the bliss, the bliss. I didn't know this was possible. It was a bliss beyond anything I even knew was possible. And I thought if I died right here, I would die happy. This is amazing. And it was so good that I thought, have I hit the ultimate awakening right here? Is it done? Have I gone to source? I was that blissful. And I thought, well, if I'm awake, can I speak Spanish now? <laughs> Do I know everything? I have no idea. I've never done this before. But sure enough, I didn't know any more Spanish than I had before. So it doesn't necessarily grant knowledge. So I've had this peak experience. And I ended up taking off my Oscar all, but then I found another shaman I liked working with, and I started up again about a year later. <laughs>
And then I had another awakening, and it blew that one away. And I thought, this is even better. How's that possible? And then a little later, another one, even more amazing. And I've lost track of how many of these I've had. So that's why my motto is it always gets better than this. Because a level of consciousness cannot comprehend a level beyond itself. You have no way of knowing how good it can get. You may have a belief about a limit, but you have no idea. If you haven't gone beyond your current level, you have no idea what's beyond it. I'm awake enough that I can help people who haven't got to where I'm at yet, but I have the sense I am just barely out of the starting gate compared to what's possible. My sense is I'm awake enough to help, but the awakening still left for me to grow into is vast beyond my own comprehension because my level of consciousness cannot comprehend a level beyond itself. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's like a joke I like to show. What's the biggest room in the world? Room for improvement. (laughs) (laughs) And same with consciousness. How can you even know you're at the ultimate if you don't know what's beyond what you're at? So it's very humbling in a way and exciting too. All right, so I've given you some conceptual framework. Are there any questions before we actually get into actually doing it? I just yeah. had one thought yeah. while you were talking. Uh-huh. Um, this uh, about a level not a level cannot comprehend a level beyond itself. Right. <clears throat> Does this kind of help explain the cognitive dissonance that is going on now with? A lot of people who cannot believe that there's other things going on out there besides what they see. Yeah. I mean, is, is, is that? Well, there, there's other factors too. And I did my 2023 astrology forecast. I do an online forecast every year. It's on my astrochaman.com site if you want to go look at it. And I talk, what's that might, are you particularly like people who are vax or anti-vax and all the whole flurry the, the, stuff? The, the yeah. whole thing, just, just not yeah. being able to see past Right. So what's happening, sadly, is people are getting brainwashed. I don't know if a vax or anti-vax is true. Actually, the more awakened I become, the more I'm willing to not have a belief either way. Yeah. I don't know. You can read either side of an argument like that, and both sides are putting up vast volumes of what they claim to be ironclad evidence. And it's just... Well, I'll believe that or believe that. But you don't have to believe either one, actually. <laughs> what I've learned is that when there's no surefire way, because we no longer have Walter Cronkite laying it down on the CBS <laughs> News, that's the way it is. We just have to decide, what do I believe? And if there's actually no definitive way to make a logical conclusion, well, my higher self knows. That part of me that's wise beyond my human self actually has the big picture, and it actually does know. So I'm going to ask it. You know, when it came time to decide, am I going to get a COVID vaccine or not? I said, hire yourself, should I do it? And I did what it said. I'm not going to tell you what it did or didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> but when the mind is confused, then I don't know any better way to get a definitive answer than to ask my higher self. Yeah. So that's, that's why it's good to be intuitive. Yeah. I, I douse, and I douse with a crystal. Uh-huh. And when I ask, am I asking my higher self? My intuitive answer says, yes, you are. Yeah. He really knows what he's doing. (laughs) Higher selves are smart. I think the higher self is more infallible than the Pope. I mean, it's the being that created your human self. It knows exactly what your specific life purpose is. At every turning of the juncture, it knows which fork to take. Why would you not check in with your ultimate guide, right? 
Now, again, it, some people say guardian angel and they mean higher self. You know, what I've learned is the, the divine beings that help you, they really don't care much what you call them. They're actually not that particular. It's like the old joke. I don't care what you call me. Just don't call me late for dinner. You know? <laughs> so what I find is these divine beings of love and light that I like to work with are very understanding of how very hard it is to be a human being right now. A human being is a tough gig, especially right now, with all these wild, unprecedented things happening all over the place. So your higher self will cut you endless slack. The beautiful thing about your higher self, it's a being of unconditional love. There's nothing you can do to stop it from loving you. No matter what, I love you. And I will continue to guide you and give you every chance to get on track with the way you showed up, no matter what you do. If you screw up 10,000 times, I'll give you another chance still. So it's beautiful to know that you have the support of that being. However, it's free will, and we have the option to ignore that part, right? And we can, to our own detriment, say, no, I'm going to do it my way. And then we get to learn the consequence of our actions. Ultimately, I think the game is rigged and everybody wins. Now, I'm a big fan of a teaching called the Law of One. And if you want to check that out, just go to lawofone.info. And the whole thing's up there for free if you want it. This is a channel teaching that was done over 35 years ago. I've studied it for years, and I find it to be quite profound. But what they say is God comes back to duality and works his way back to unity in discrete forms. And they say, even if you choose the dark path, you become the most evil, horrible being ever. And you, not only in this human density, but even in the levels beyond human, you keep doing your nastiness. At a certain point, the only way forward is to go to the center path. There literally is no other way forward. And because everything is God, nothing can be left behind. So really, no matter how many times you screw up, no matter how many horrible things you do, you ultimately will merge back to source simply because there is nowhere else to go and there is nothing else to be. So that's why I say the game is rigged and everybody wins. <laughs> you may have some difficult incarnations if you choose a dark path and have a lot of suffering, but ultimately, in the end, it's all God. And this universe will eventually wrap back up in unity and then top out a new one. Baldwin says there's an infinite number of universes before this one, and there will be an infinite number after it. What do the Hindus say? It's all Leela, divine play. In a way, there's no stakes at all, because everything's going to come back to unity in the end. And in the way, the stakes are huge, because how good a lifetime do you want right now? So this also gets into the paradox when you start awakening of contradictory things both being true. Like the truth of I am this discrete human being and I am one with everything. And they're both true. And again, a level can't comprehend a level beyond itself. If that seems impossible right now, just wait till you get a little more awake and you're going to, oh, I get it now. That's the experience. Okay. So anyway, I seem to have talked a little bit more. <laughs> oh, good. I have fun doing this. Any other questions before we actually do some experiential stuff? Is this a new technique that you came up with in terms of just asking maximum, healing maximum? Sure. I have searched a lot trying to find anyone else who's teaching exactly the same thing. I haven't found anyone who's doing it exactly the same way. But as I say in the book, what I do is a hybrid of prayer and meditation. Now, all paths beseech the divine power to give you stuff. And that's where you say maximum, whatever that serves highest good, where you're calling it in. And then there's paths about just being and being present with what is. And this invocation path kind of puts them together. 
like there's so many great teachers like Eckhart Tolle and Michael Singer, and they, they're beautiful teachers, and they say, just be with what is. And it is true that if you be with what is long enough, it will eventually clear. But I say, I don't want to take months or years of being with a trauma if I can have my higher self help me out and clear that in minutes and be done with it, right. I like that better. Yeah. I really don't want to hang around in unpleasant energy longer than I have to. Absolutely. If you can say, okay, higher self, maximum healing that serves highest good, please. And the higher self always works as fast as it can, but not to the point of overwhelm. Just to assure you, the nature of these invocations is they are safe and you can work for healing with the most traumatic thing that ever happened to you, whose very contemplation makes you shudder. And it's safe to work it in this container because your higher self says, okay, you've got this big ass trauma here. And if, if dealing with the whole thing at once is too much, we'll work a layer of it. I'll bring up as much of it as you can do at once and we'll clear that much. And once that's there, we'll bring up the next layer, do another round. And you just repeat the rounds until it's clear. I've pretty much lost track of how many times I've had the experience working with a client who said, I, I've got this trauma. It's dogged me ever since I was a kid. I just can't do this thing or it terrifies me. And we do a single session of one or two invocations. And I said, okay, now we've, we've done our process. Let's check our work. When we start, okay, to contemplate the trauma we're going to work on and bring it up as vividly as you can in your memory and zero to 10, how intense is it? Like it's a nine or a 10. It's so intense. Oh my God, it feels terrible. Okay, good. And we, we do the process and then I say, okay, we've done our process. Once again, bring it up as vividly as you can, just like you did before. And how intense is the emotionality? And also I say, there's no charge at all. It's like zero. I can remember the event, but I'm having no emotional challenge at all by remembering it. And that's after like a single round of sessions on something that was bothering them their whole life. So I've seen that so many times that I say, it works. It may sound crazy, but I invite you to have an experience now of working with a little bit and see. And these don't take too long. What I'd like to do is start on safer ground and just do embodied awakening. So again, what we're doing here, and we're going to go experiential now. What we're going to do here is we're going to ask our higher self to come into our physical body. But only to the greatest extent that serves highest good. This is why you are in no danger of getting overwhelmed. And what you're calling in is yourself. The part of you that created your human self and set up your human lifetime. It loves you. It only wants good things for you. So this is a safe thing to do. Doing the process automatically creates a safe, sacred container. So it's safe. And again, as I, I'm going to repeat some of what I said earlier just to bring the container up. So we'll think of the body as a car. Your body is not you. It is a rent-a-car you get for a few decades, and then you let it go and you move on to the next thing. So you're going to call the higher self to the body to the greatest extent serves highest good, and you're just going to relax and let it come in. And again, the benefits are as follows. When you're in embodied awakening, the following is all true. There's more harmony, flow, ease, and grace. Everything you are responsible for, you do more responsibly, more joyfully. Instead of having to figure things out mentally, you know what to do through intuition better, and there is full body euphoria. And however good it may be when you first experience it, it can always get better the more you do it. A level cannot comprehend a level beyond itself. And this will take maximum five or 10 minutes. Let's go ahead and do it. So close your eyes. Let all my chatter go and just feel your body. 
and just feel the sensation of the whole body, however it is. This is a somatic experiencing. This is not mental. Don't try to put words on it. Just feel the body as it is, the whole thing. And now, if you have any awareness of your energy body, prana, chi, that part of you that's just energy in or around your body, feel that too. If you don't feel it, that's fine. Not required. But if you have energetic awareness, notice that as well. And then feel the whole package, the physical body, the energy stuff. Just feel it as it is. All we're doing is noticing what's already there and getting a baseline. Good. So now we're going to say eight words to the higher self. And we're not doing it yet, but I'm going to preview them and don't try to memorize them. I'll repeat them again when we actually do it. You're going to say the eight words, maximum embodied awakening that serves highest good, please. And that's the least number of words I can find to get the process going. And then once we've said them, then I'll guide you from there as to how to receive the energy. So here we go. You're about to speak to your own higher self. Say this out loud if you're willing, silently otherwise. So starting now, maximum embodied awakening. That serves highest good, please. Let the words go and relax. You don't have to say that part. (laughs) Now, if you feel energy moving in your body, then you have one job, which is to feel whatever it's doing. You are passive otherwise. Your only job is to feel energy moving on its own. That is your higher self. If you do not feel subtle energy in your body, then your job is to feel your breath coming and going on its own. You're breathing, I promise. But you're not controlling it. You're just noticing the sensation of the body as the breath goes in or out. So again, if you can feel energy, just feel whatever it's doing. If you cannot, just feel your breath. Either way, you are completely passive and simply holding awareness of what's happening on its own. Now, here's what I'm going to advise you not to do, because any of these actions will slow or stop the process. While the invocation is working, please do not do any of the following. No effort, no willpower, no trying to make anything happen. No stopping anything from happening. No deliberate visualizing or imagining. That's all ego effort. So don't do any of that. Just be passive. Feel energy moving or feel breath coming and going. If at any point you become distracted by the sound of a ventilation system running or a car passing by or whatever it may be, at some point you'll notice, oh, I got distracted. And at that point, you simply gently and persistently return your attention to feeling energy or feeling breath. If the distraction persists after you do that, that's no problem. Let the distraction do whatever it wants. If you resist or fight it, you'll only make it stronger, not helpful. Just let it do its thing in the background and return your attention to just feeling energy or breath. And the final nuance, if you want, is to discover what's the least amount of energy required even to feel energy or breath. And we're going to do what I call the minimum effort game to find that out. So the first step in the minimum effort game is to drop to no effort at all. For a moment, try 
zero effort. Simply exist. Just be right now. Just let it all go. Whatever happens is fine. Zero effort. If at zero effort there is awareness of energy or breath anyway, stay at zero. That's best of all. If at zero effort you have lost awareness of energy or breath, then start adding teeny tiny increments of effort back until you barely start noticing energy or breath. The idea being to use the absolute minimum effort that gives you awareness of energy or breath. It's less than you think. It could be zero. So just play with that a bit. If it's already zero and you're there, just rest there. If you're still playing, you know, try a little more, a little less effort until you find that sweet spot. Okay, that's the least effort I can use and feel energy or breath. And just settle into that sweet spot. And I feel like a lot of you are getting it. I'm empathically feeling the vibe of the room and we're getting the sweet space going here. Well done, folks. Those of you who are in Embodied Awakening, just hang there. So I should probably tell you, how will you know when you hit Embodied Awakening? When you can say yes to the following question and just give it a yes or no answer. Is all the following true right now? No mental chatter, no challenging emotion, peaceful and effortless. Again, no mental chatter, no challenging emotion, peaceful, Effortless. If you're in that state now, would you just raise your hand a bit so I can see? Yeah, all right, most of you. Good. So, those of you who are there, just hang out there. There's nowhere to go and nothing to do, but it feels nice. And you just hanging out there makes it easier for everyone else to get there because you're creating a vibe that just kind of makes entry easier. Everyone else who's not there yet, we'll give you a moment longer. So, again, you are using the least possible effort to either feel energy, if that's available to you, or to feel breath come and go otherwise. Remember that any effort beyond passive awareness will shut the process down because your higher self is doing it for you. It's like you are a sponge and your higher self is water and it's simply soaking in. A sponge does not have to do anything. It simply happens. Good. All right. Feeling sweet. We'll give it just a moment longer, and then we'll we'll check in with folks. Nice. Good vibe in the room. By the way, even if you just made some headway toward that sweet space, any headway is great. If you got all the way there, fantastic. If you didn't, then celebrate whatever progress you did make, even if it's just one percent toward it. So now we're still in the process, but now we're going to add eyes open. So open your eyes, look around a little bit, check out the environment you're in. So the question is, if you were in embodied awakening, is the state still there? You're in the room, in your body, you're looking around. Is all the following still true? No mental chatter, no challenging emotion, peaceful effortless. So that's true right now with your eyes open, just show me your hand. So most everyone, good, well done. So. My intuition is telling me that for some of you, this is not the first time into that state. So if you've had a similar experience before, raise your hand too. Good. Excellent. 
So here's the cool thing about this invocation. The people who are using this regularly, I have some people who've been doing this regularly for over 10 years, and they keep doing it because it keeps working, and it's still the best thing they got. And if you wanted to try to integrate this and see if it makes your life better, the protocol would be, and again, you can do this or not, but this is just a recommendation. First thing every morning, do the invocation. Maximum embodied awakening, the service highest good, please. Chill out, let it come to you. The people who do it for a while says it takes maybe five or 10 seconds. Some people say the shift comes before I can even get the eight words out. Because there is no amount of time it has to take. This is not like a 30 minute meditation. Invocation is not meditation. It is quick, it's efficient, it's down to business, get it done, move on. So the point of an invocation for embodied awakening is I want to get my awakening activated as rapidly as possible so I can go live my day in the awakened state. So first thing in the morning, you say it, you chill out, give it a moment to lock in. Not a thing, okay, no mental chatter, no challenging emotion, peaceful, effortless, good, good, I'm good, move along. Then the only other thing you would have to do is if at any point during the day it slips, you go, oh, mental chatter, challenging emotion, I'm not quite synced up with my live body anymore. Do it again. Same eight words, out loud or even mentally, give it a moment to lock in passively. And then you're good again, so move along. The people who have made a practice of this say, I spend maybe five or 10 minutes a day refreshing. So the benefit is you get to walk around in embodied awakening all day, every day, for the price of five or 10 minutes of effort. I can hardly even call it effort. So the point of the invocation is to take that which has been previously difficult, taking years, lots of effort, lots of time, and make it just quick and simple and done. So that's the gift of the Embodied Awakening Invocation. We like quick and simple. I do. Now, again, as I say in the book, some people like slow, effortful paths. Some souls sign up for different things, and I do not judge them, right? I've been there, done Me too. And I like fast. You know, ayahuasca has so spoiled me. When I go in there and I clear a few lifetimes worth of trauma in one ceremony, I said, that's efficient. I like that. I'm willing to go through that intensity to get that shit out of the way. I'm going to back up and tell you a little bit more about my soul story. What I've learned is that the fastest way to accelerate awakening is to do good shadow work. Who does not know what shadow work is? Shadow work is emotional and psychological healing. Psychological stuff, dealing with old trauma. With old wounds and stuff, I say, I trauma best. Terrible pun, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, here's that. You got that higher self. And if you were fully awakened as that thing, you say, oh my God, bliss, ecstasy, euphoria. Woohoo, this is amazing. Why is your human self not having the full-on experience of the higher self? What's in the way? Trauma. The unhealed wounds and traumas of this life and past lives make up a whole bunch of onion rings around that beautiful divine core. So let me be clear. The awakening is already there. You do not have to create an awakening. It's already present and waiting for you. Done deal. But you've got all these wounds and traumas from this life and prior life, each one an onion layer around it. So you've got this amazing, gorgeous light you're going toward, and all this stuff in the way. So logically, the fastest way there is to peel those layers. So spiritual bypass doesn't work. You've got to face the trauma if you want to get to the core. The healing I'm about to teach you 
is the fastest way I am aware of, there could be better tools, I don't know about, the fastest way I know about to, on your own, peel those layers rapidly and efficiently. Now, it's not as intense, it doesn't work as fast as an ayahuasca or San Pedro ceremony. That's way faster. But in terms of what can I do on my own, this is the best I know about so far. As I said earlier, the invocations are a template, maximum, fill in the blank, that serves highest good please. So instead of embodied awakening, you're going to say maximum healing that serves highest good place. So here's the trick. You do have to be willing to feel some discomfort. There is a shamanic maxim. You have to feel it to heal it. I'm also a practitioner of internal family systems therapy. I don't know if anyone knows about that system. You work with wounded parts of you and unburden them and reclaim them. It's like shamanic soul retrieval in a psychological framework. They have a saying in IFS. They say, no healing happens in the frontal cortex, where we think. We have this cognitive ability. But how many people do you know who've done years of therapy and who have a profound understanding of their trauma and they are still burdened by it? You know anyone like that? So understanding does not create healing. What does create healing is to completely feel the trauma in a therapeutic container and deal with it once you have completely felt it in a strong container, then you're done with it. In shamanic terminology, the trauma is heavy energy. And when you do what we're about to do, you will actually feel heavy energy getting stirred up in your body and draining out your hands and your feet. It goes into Mother Earth, who loves this stuff. For her, it's like a chocolate goodie. She <laughs> loves this. I'm serious. She loves it. So don't hesitate to give Mother Earth your heavy energy. She loves, loves, loves it. Like I said, oh, you don't have to understand the trauma. You don't have to have a cognitive comprehension. Some of your trauma is locked away from your conscious awareness deliberately. Because if you were aware of it, it would be too much. And that's why you can clear stuff without even knowing what it is and be done with it. To do this next section with me, you do have to be willing to feel some discomfort. And again, I will reassure you, it's not going to be too much. In 11 years of doing this with thousands of people no one has ever said to me, Benjamin, I was overwhelmed. That was too much. They may have said it was intense and it was pretty close to too much, but it wasn't quite there. And by the way, your higher self will be monitoring you the whole time and observing your human responses to the process. And it will tailor the process so it's not too much for you because your higher self is not stupid. It knows if it overwhelms you even once, you're never going to do that again. Why would you? I don't trust you. You overwhelm me. Forget it. But the higher souls are going to watch them. If they feel like they're getting too close where they're not able to do it, we'll dial it down a little bit. So this is not some faucet you got to turn carefully. Your higher self is running the whole thing and carefully tailoring the experience so it's manageable. So you can be confident that what we're doing here is safe. I have literally worked with people and the first time I've ever worked with me, and they choose with this exercise the most difficult trauma they have ever experienced. Seriously. The thing that's haunted them their whole life. And they chose that as their first technique. And some of them actually healed it. And no one ever said it was too overwhelming. So I'm not recommending you do that. It's up to you. But I will say when we do this process, you do need to choose a trauma. When you remember it, it has to be emotionally disturbing. Something that every time you think about it, it feels bad. Yeah. Like I a shoulder issue that's uh -huh. been with me for a while. What if I don't know what caused it? It doesn't matter. Just say I'm going to work on this physical thing. I realize I've been speaking as if I'm doing a psychological or emotional thing, but there's a couple of stories in the book about people who've had 
profound, miraculous physical healings from doing this. So if you want to choose a physical thing, I will assure you, your physical trauma has an emotional root. There is no disharmony in the world that doesn't have a spiritual root cause. And what these techniques do is they go down to that spiritual root, pull it out, and then what happens when you pull the root out of a plant? The rest of it dies. So you've got this weed growing from this toxic root. You pull up the root, then the weed withers away. And sometimes it withers instantly. If it's a really deep one, it may, it may take a little time for the rest of it to flush off when all the physical and emotional symptoms to clear out, but they will eventually if you pull the root. And again, your higher self is, is intelligent beyond your imagining, and it will only do what serves highest good. So any other concerns, questions before we do this intense process? <laughs> so we pick a physical problem and then just say the trauma behind this? Yes, yes. Okay. So I'm going to give you two choices here. In the book, I actually talk about four ways to do the healing invocation. And I'm going to let you pick one of two here. One way is I already have something that's bothering me right now. It could be a physical thing. It could be an emotional thing. But if you notice I already have a pre-existing thing that's bothering me and it's strong enough that it's significant, on a zero to 10 scale, I'd, it should be at least like a four or five to really get a good feeling for how this works. The trick of doing this right after embodied awakening invocation, a lot of times a lot of people, okay, scan your body. Is there anything disharmonious physically or emotionally right now? And say, I feel great. <laughs> I'm in a modern awakening. What's wrong? And then I say, okay, for us to do the healing invocation, you're going to have to pull up something from the archives. You're going to have to pull up an old trauma. Close your eyes now, if you don't mind. And just feel right now, do you already feel something that's out of sorts? It could be physical. It could be emotional. It's already on a zero to ten. It's at least like a four or five something that's really strong enough that it's really disturbing and you would really rather have that thing gone if possible. So if you got that, you can use that. If you are scanning and you got nothing, I say, I feel great, no worries. Then I'm going to ask you to choose some trauma from your past. And the, the qualifier is when you think of it, it is emotionally disturbing to remember it. And it should be, you know, a, a Fairly strong disturbance if you're going to have a good experience of how well this invocation works. So is there anyone who has not chosen something? Anyone who doesn't have their focus chosen? Okay, let's do it. So eyes are closed. Oh, for First off, because we're doing this voluntarily, I always recommend be sure you're in embodied awakening the best you can be first. Because everything works better and quicker when you're in embodied awakening. You have more capacity, more ability. So... Once again, let's just refresh that real quick. So if you would just say maximum embodied awakening. That serves highest good, please. Relax. And just see if the tank's already topped off or if the tank can be filled a little bit more. I'm feeling a little bit of increase of embodied awakening. So some of you are getting a little bit more at least. So let's give it a moment to just top off the tank on that. Good. All right. The room feels great. Well done, guys. And I use guys without regard to gender. So, all right. So let's do the healing part. So again, if you already have chosen something that's already there for you, physical or emotional, just note it and give it a zero to 10. Zero is it's completely cleared. I feel nothing at all. At 10 is it is as intense as I can possibly imagine it being. It's 
practically at the point of overwhelm. It's so intense and challenging. So give it a zero to 10 if it's pre-existing. If you don't have a pre-existing, now pull up the trauma you chose that you would like to heal and imagine it as vividly as you can. And remember the most traumatic moment of that incident right now. And really make it strong so that it's really juicy and intense. And again, my guarantee is you're not going to get overwhelmed here. Okay, good. Now that you've got it nice and juicy, either way, now say to your higher self out loud, maximum healing. That serves highest good, please. And let the words go. Now, put your attention where it does not feel good. Even if it's emotional, it will have a physical location. If there is clearly a central point, put your attention in that central point. If it is more broadly and evenly distributed, just hold awareness of the whole area where you feel it. If it's in more than one area, choose the area where it's strongest. Now you have one task, which is to feel this challenging energy 100% with no filter. Give it your complete attention. What you're focusing on is how it feels, the somatic experience of the unpleasantness. Now, there may be images and thoughts swirling around in the field that is normal and that is fine, but please do not focus on thoughts or images. Please put your focus on the sensation, the physical or energetic sensation, just the pure somatic part. So you will have the most effective and rapid healing if you focus on the feeling. Again, there is no resistance to thoughts or images. You allow them to be in the background. You just don't make them your focus. If you get distracted by them, as soon as you notice that, just come back to feeling. Just do the best you can to stay with the feeling. And now, when I lead like this, I have the empathic experience of the general action of the group. I am now feeling energy flowing out my hands and out my feet into the earth. You might just take a moment and notice, do I feel energy flowing out my hands or feet or both or any other part of me it can leave all kinds of ways and leaving my body if so that is the heavy energy departing that is the trauma leaving on the energetic level put your attention back on the source because here's how it works your higher self is doing it for you but the price of its participation is your attention where it's needed you are shining a spotlight where the trauma is, where the feeling is not pleasant. And as long as you are feeling it consciously, the best you can, your higher self will be healing it. If you turn your attention elsewhere, the healing will stop. If you return your attention, the healing will start up again. So just do your best to just be present with the unpleasant sensation. And I guarantee once again, it will not be too much. It will be tolerable. And if you do this effectively, this will be the last time you will ever have to feel this.
So just notice whatever's happening. You may or may not have the conscious experience of energy leaving your hands or feet. Sometimes the dark energy doesn't leave at all, but it transmutes to love and light. That's fine. Your higher self will make the call. Your ego does not need to make that decision. Just let it do whatever it's doing. There's also a variety of other things that can happen. So if you're experiencing something other than what I'm describing, that's fine and it's perfect. Let your experience spontaneously be what it is. Your higher self can be very creative and finds all kinds of interesting ways to accomplish this. So what I'm describing are the most common experiences, but if your mileage is varying, then let it vary. So based on what I'm feeling, many or most of you are starting to feel a nice energy around the edges. Yes, there may still be awareness of that unpleasant energy, but there's also a growing awareness, you know, around the edges, I'm feeling kind of nice. There's kind of a little bit of a nicer euphoric feeling starting up. And as the healing proceeds, the unpleasant energy will get less and less, and the nice feeling will get more and more. And this will happen automatically. Again, all your ego is doing is feeling the unpleasantness. Completely, 100%, no filter. Right now, my body is vibrating and shaking empathically with you guys. If your body shakes or vibrates or trembles, let it happen. If you're doing this and you start crying, please cry. If you need to make sound or wail or yell or vocalize, please do. If your body wants to get up and move in some way, let it do it. I realize you're in a group here and it might embarrass you if you're being called to do that. So it's up to you if the impulse is arising, whether you do it right here. But when you're on your own, by all means, if the body wants to move, and it wouldn't bother me if any of y'all did that right now, if you wanted to. Anyhow, just let the body express the way it wants to. Don't be a drama queen for the hell of it. But do not resist the body's wanting to move or clear energy with physical motion, with sound, with crying, with whatever wants to let it go. Okay, now, based on what I'm feeling, many or most of you, if I ask you, does your physical body now feel more like flesh or more like energy? I'm guessing many of you would say it feels more like energy. In fact, I'd love to see just a tiny little hand raise if your body now feels more like energy than flesh. That's almost everybody. Good. All right. So just that is normal. And that is a signpost that it, this is working. And guess what? Your body always has been energy. You're having a more authentic experience of yourself now. Because as physicists and mystics have always known, we're energy that masquerades as solid matter. So you're now having a more authentic experience of what you are, which is energy. And you may have more and more experience of euphoria, bliss, ecstasy. Those kind of words are used often to describe the growing state that's happening now. For a moment, when we started, you gave a 0 to 10 rating to the trauma you're working on or the challenge. Just take a moment, notice its intensity now, and, and assign a 0 to 10 now. And notice, is it lower than when you started? And then come back to feeling it if it's still there. Now, if you're already at the point where it's down to zero, just relax into the sweet, blissful state you've come into. And you might ask, well, why, if I'm focusing on unpleasant, would it turn pleasant? Because I explained about the great onion of consciousness and all those layers. When you do this, one of those layers peels off. And even as it begins to peel, 
as cracks begin showing, the light shines through just a little bit brighter, the euphoria starts to climb. And by the time that layer is fully peeled off, you have had a deeper awakening and your awakening has gone one level up and locked in at a deeper level. Therefore, that's kind of the premise I said earlier. The fastest way to accelerate spiritual awakening is to do effective shadow work. When you clear the stuff that's in the way of your awakening, it just automatically awakens you more deeply. You literally cannot do effective shadow work without increasing awakening. It just can't happen. There's a Rumi poem that is kind of along these lines. I think it's something like, Seek not love, seek to remove the obstacles to love. That's kind of what he's pointing at, I think. If you feel like your healing process has run its course and it's done, then let me see a little hand raise, if that's true. Pretty much there. Okay, so close enough. So open your eyes now. If you feel better now than when we started the healing invocation, raise your hand. Is there anyone who'd like to share their experience? Totally voluntary, but if anyone wants to verbalize what happened, I'd love to hear it. I just... When I opened my eyes and took a breath, one of my cervical spines aligned. Uh huh. So, that was so you adjusted yourself. Yeah. Cool. Right. Or your higher self adjusted. Yeah. World's best chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the in the book, I tell a story about one lady who, for a long time, had had this misaligned whole left leg and hip and everything, and. She couldn't get to her chiropractor, and every healer she went to was not available or wasn't getting the work done. And she did the healing because she said for an hour she was in agony as her higher self messed with that leg and adjusted things. And she said after, after an hour of agony, it was completely healed and never gave her a problem again. Yeah. Again, I can't guarantee any particular experience for any particular person. But all I can say is a lot of people have had powerful, helpful stuff happen here. I've had... Uh neck from some things a neck issue on this left mm-hmm. side and um, has some visuals that accompany it that I'm rather certain are from a previous lifetime uh-huh. and so uh, I have sought to uh, just done a lot of shadow work mm-hmm. and just continued uh, so boy I just went right there and I saw all these as, as we were going through that process things were coming out of my ears mm. in addition to hands and um, feet and then these chunks started like throwing out of my ears, like big, uh, like like blocks. Good stuff coming out. And you know what? There's relief. Good. There is relief. And yeah. It feels like it's still coming out. Well, maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel, some... I feel like it's coming out here and mm-hmm. my arms. Oh, good. And my um, it's still coming out of my ears and my feet. Yeah. However it wants to come out, that's fine. And fast. <laughs> You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be. And then I felt this, um, it was as though, okay, so two things were happening simultaneously. It was like, okay, it's time for love to infill. And so in through my crown mm-hmm. is coming this this love mm-hmm. that's flowing. I can't tell you where. I'm more aware of what's going out. Okay. But I know that there is love, highest love coming in. Beautiful. That's great. Well done. And was Beth doing any of that, or was it being done for no, Beth? No, 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 no. I have, I don't, I have zero agenda. Good. All right. Yeah, it, it, did, it didn't occur to me to bring anything in. It mm-hmm. was like, okay, now it's time. Yeah. It, that's what occurred to me. Now it's time, Beth. We're bringing this in. Good job. Well done. That's the kind of stuff that can happen with invocations. A lot of good spontaneity. Any other, one more sharing, if anyone wants to throw us up again? 
Yeah. Mine was emotional, mm-hmm. and I felt the, the pain of it. Mm-hmm. The pain did diminish. Mm-hmm. I think it's some of it is still there. I yeah. don't know if it can ever go away, but I, it did feel better. Good. All right, so let me address what you just brought up. So again, the higher self will only clear as much as it can do without overwhelm, without making you feel like it's too much. So your higher self saw there was a certain level of challenge you were willing to face, but no more than that. And it kept it within that boundary. If you feel like you did it and it didn't go all the way to zero, do another round. Same thing. And like I say in the book, if the first round took eight or 10 minutes, often the second round will take a minute or two. And if you need a third or fourth round, like I said, it will only bring up as much as you can. And in many cases, maybe even most, if you just do additional rounds because there's still any residue left, you keep repeating the invocation, focusing again until you go to zero, then it's possible that you've completely cleared that thing once and for all, physical or emotional, whatever. However, there's a caveat. We have no idea what's in our unconscious. We have this wonderful mechanism as humans that if something is so intense that it truly would be overwhelming to remember it, we forget, at least for a while. So it could be that the level of trauma you're remembering is all that's currently available. And if you fully clear that, then at some point, if there is a deeper layer, then it can come up next. So you might say, well, that's horrible. I thought I got done with that. Shit. Right? Or you could say, yay, I get to wake up some more. What I say is, if another layer comes up, no problem. Who can tell me why that's no problem, based on what you already know? It's an infinite experience. Well, that's that's true, but not exactly my point. Okay. okay. The point is, you cleared layer one oh, using the yeah. helium location. If layer two comes up, I'll clear it with the helium location again. If layer three comes up, I'll clear it some more. And every time you clear anything, another layer falls off the great onion. The light's brighter. I wake up some more. It's almost like, I can't wait for the next trauma to come up. Yeah, let's do this. Right? (laughs) If me facing and clearing this stuff is going to accelerate my awakening, I can't wait. Let's bring it on. I've got this incredibly skillful healer who is me, one level up, who is willing to do it for me. And all I have to do is ask and chill out while it does the work for me. How simple is that? I don't have to know anything about it sometimes, right? You know, I know it sounds too good to be true, but you just had an experience, hopefully, of some kind of healing. And again, that's just the tip of the iceberg of what's possible. So that's why I'm excited about that invocation. Another flavor of invocation is a custom invocation. Earlier in the lecture, I talked about a thousand beer taps up there where you could just pull a lever and pull any flavor you want. So let's try that. So close your eyes. And ask yourself, what flavor of energy would I like to max out right now? What kind of energy do I want to have as much as I can hold for highest good? An energy that would really feel good. It might be bliss. It might be vitality, happiness, joy, whatever. Whatever you want. So just decide on just one flavor of energy you would like to have more of in your body. And now, feel how much of it is already in your body and rate it 0 to 10. 10 is like, I can't imagine it getting any stronger. 0 is I got none. Of the flavor you're about to call, give it 0 to 10, how much do I got right now? 
this is the maximum, fill in the blank that serves highest good, please. So I'm going to say maximum, and then the next part I'll say, insert your word, and you can do this mentally if you don't want to say it out loud. Specify this is the flavor of energy I'm calling in, and then we'll close by saying that serves highest good. Y'all ready? Has anyone not picked the flavor of energy they're calling yet? You're good? Okay. So repeat after me. Maximum. Maximum. And then say or think the flavor you're calling right now. That serves highest good, please. Just relax and just feel your body overall and become completely passive. And this energy is now flowing in the top of your head and saturating your body. It may feel your whole body. It may feel the appropriate part, depending on what you're calling, but just let it come in. If your body moves or shakes a little bit to make room for it, that's fine. And just remember, the more passive your human self stays, the quicker it's going to happen because your human is not doing this. It's just receiving it as a gift from your higher self. So let your higher self flow it in. And by the way, on all invocations in this system, your higher self is always working as fast as it can. You never have to ask it to move faster. It's already at full speed. So just be patient and we'll give it a moment to fill you up. And what it's giving you is as much as you can hold right now with your current level of consciousness. If you start working on yourself, you'll be able to hold a lot more down the line. It'll give you as much as you can hold right now. So just relax and let, let the sponge be saturated. If zero effort is all that's needed for you to feel what's happening, stay at zero. Otherwise, use the absolute minimum effort needed to passively notice the energy coming in. And we'll give it just a moment longer. Hmm. Almost there. Okay, good. Okay, so open your eyes. Who has more of that energy now than before they started? Okay. Anyone want to share their experience at all? Yeah? I think I was wobbling. You were wobbling? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What happens usually is if there's any resistance or any heavy energy in the way of the incoming energy... The body will sometimes shake and vibrate and do stuff to clear the way for it. Exactly. My arms weren't moving, but it felt like. Yeah. So the chair wiggles, but I wasn't wiggling yet. <laughs> that's right. You were feeling the internal vibration. So I, I take it that's a fairly novel experience for you, right? No, I feel it. I feel it sometimes. Okay. Not Yeah. Yeah, just that's fine. Like I said, whatever the body needs to do to receive the energy, just let it do it. It doesn't matter. You don't even have to know why or how or anything. I'm the worst. I lead my Zoom calls on Awakening Plus, and I'm calling it energy, and I'm standing there. <laughs> I, I'll do that for minutes at a time. You know, <laughs> my nickname is the Human Vibrator sometimes, and I used to be a little embarrassed by that. And I wish, can't I just be still? No. 
That's what my body does. So it's okay. I shake. I was probably both a shaker and a Quaker in a past life. <laughs> Did you have something you wanted to share? I saw smoke. Smoke? Smoke. And it was leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes heavy energy looks like smoke. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the heavy stuff leaving. Well done. That was why you were calling it what you wanted, right? So basically, that smoke was in the way, and your higher self, in order to give you what you wanted, had to clear some stuff that was in the way of it. Sometimes you'll even do a body awakening invocation, and you'll have a little bit of healing action because it's required to make space for the incoming awakening. Sometimes you get the spontaneous healings. Yeah. Smoking! <laughs> Any other feedback, questions, comments on that? Yeah, yeah, I've been vibrating also, but it's kind of like a flowing back and forth. It's nice. as though the energy's moving up and down my spine and allowing almost a, I don't want to say a kundalini, but a, a um, an Good. opening for all of the above, for the maximum healing, for nice. everything. Yeah. yeah. That's and beautiful. I, and I really yeah. hadn't been experiencing that in a while. Okay. I mean, it's been a, a while. Good. Yeah. Well done, Phyllis. So it felt great and happiness and joy. Good. Yeah, I just say just whatever the body wants to do, just let it do it. Yeah. I mean, I've been working with clients and they have massive sobbing and crying fits and, you know, just the whole body just doing all that crazy stuff, you know, whatever it takes. The body needs to release as it needs to release. And if you're willing to let it do its thing, then you'll get rid of that stuff. To the degree that you don't allow the body to do what it wants to do, you may have a limited release. Yeah. Now, I realize we're here in a group. You don't know everyone, and you might not be willing to just let it all hang out right here. No. But, <laughs> but at home and alone, maybe you can. All right. Let's do one more flavor of invocation. I think I'm covering pretty much all the bases in the book here. Everything I'm doing here with you is... is How much is your book, by the way? The paperback is $12.99 if you want to buy it here. $12.99? Yeah, $12.99. Okay. And I've got them in the back if you want to pick one up after we're done. If you'd rather get the ebook on Amazon, it's three dollars and ninety nine cents. It's up to you. Uh, the ebook outsells the physical book on Amazon two or three to one. But it's up to you. If you want a signed copy, then buy it here. And if you want to just go on Amazon and pay four bucks and get the ebook, get it there. I don't care. Whatever, whatever suits you. It always helps when I look at something and then I review it mm -hmm. and, you know, read about it. Because, you know, if, you're, if I come here once mm -hmm. and it's a wonderful experience, I may go home and do it tomorrow. Right. But then somehow Monday comes along and... I understand. Yeah. And by the way, I took that into account when I wrote it because in the back, they're like the first appendix is just, here's all the invocations on two pages. Well, that was smart. Yeah. And in fact, every chapter... At the end, the second or third appendix is just, here's that 15-page chapter boiled down to like two pages of bullet points. So if you just want to reference quickly what a particular chapter is about, I kind of already gave you the cliff notes. <laughs> but it was really quite remarkable when we brought the higher self in originally. Okay. So, so the energy in my head expanded, and then it came down, and the energy in my chest expanded. Mm -hmm. Good. And then everything kind of expanded and I used to do energy work, so yeah. it was just a renewal of doing that that I hadn't done in a long time. So it came all the way through and out, and actually out through my hands and uh, the tingling in my hands and feet. It, it, and I was just shocked that it came like that. It, 
In location, it, baby. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used to be able to do it when I did energy work. Uh -huh. And I used to be able to go in and go, uh -huh. and I was there. Yeah. But somehow with your saying it, I just didn't expect it to, maybe, God forgive me, but I didn't expect it to just kind of happen like, with mm -hmm. ease you know. and grace. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So let, my larger picture is, I think one of the reasons these have come through is because the game is on, folks. Yes, it is. The big light and dark battle is happening right now, right. all around us. Just read the headlines. Before we do the final invocation, let me just say, if you do nothing more than cultivate your own healing and your own awakening, you will serve the great global awakening by doing that. You may have heard of Indra's web or the butterfly effect, or whatever you want to call it. Everyone is connected to everyone and everything else. You are not an isolated being. You are part of a matrix. Everything you do, at least in a subtle way, affects everything else everywhere. Everything everywhere all the time. All right? So if you only just do your own thing, you'll still be of service. If you are called, I want to serve in the larger world in some way, even if it's just one person at a time, if I can offer a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of awakening or healing, catalyst to someone else, then this will help you do that. I think I may have mentioned this earlier, but if so, I'm repeating. If you're wondering, well, how can I serve? I have no idea. In that case, cultivate your own healing and awakening as service step one. Because as I said, you'll already be helping, but what tends to happen when you awaken to a certain level, your intuition starts saying, well, you could, you could help in this way. You could do that little thing. You'll start getting these nudges to specific services you can do. And some people serve on a little small scale. And some people, like I'm being called, serve on a really big scale with the book and everything I'm doing. But every scale is perfect. Each one of us is perfectly aligned and guided within. There's no rule book. The strong recommendation is whatever your guidance is to do, then do it. And it may be tiny. It might be huge for each person doing their own perfect thing. And ultimately, you get all your instructions from within. You stop looking outside, who's this person or thing that's going to tell me what to do? You become self-guided. It took me 60 years to get there. I was always looking through an external teacher, an external path. I finally got kicked out of the path I was on halfway through it. My allies kind of give me a big old slap saying, why are you following someone else's path now? You've got your path. We've given you the invocations. Teach them, right? So, and do your Awakening Plus membership. So, you know, I had to be kicked in the ass to stop being a follower and start leading the way I was supposed to. And again, because a level cannot comprehend a level beyond itself, you don't even know what you're here to do. You don't know what you're capable of serving in. You have no idea what's even possible for you because you have just the tiniest glimmer of reality right now. So just open to that. I'll just do my healing and awakening the best I can if you're so motivated. And then the magic starts. The one thing I can say for sure is if you step on a path like this, whether it's my tools, anyone else's tools, if you do the healing and awakening path, you will open to a magnificence you could not have imagined. Better than your wildest dream right now. Because I've had that happen over and over and over again. And I expect it to keep happening. So if you want to live an amazing life, wake your ass up. And the magic will start. <laughs> So one more invocation, and this is to serve someone else. Now, again, that's kind of a false statement because it's all you, really. You're you just, mean to serve others. Yes, okay. but really, they're just another you, aren't they? If you're God anyway, there's nothing that isn't you. But we'll go ahead and buy into the illusion that there's some being that isn't you. 
All right, so pick a person that you would like. And again, I kind of get deep into this in the book. I say, to be absolutely safe, just ask for highest good energy. And leave it at that. Because again, there are some people, you might see a person suffering in a real difficult situation. I want to get them out of that terrible situation. But what if that situation is exactly what their soul chose and in order to learn the life lesson, they must resolve it themselves and not be lifted up by the deus ex machina. So if you lift them up, I give a real graphic example and say, what if this was supposed to be their last human lifetime and the big test had to be mastered on their own and they, at that point, would be free of the wheel of karma, ready to move on to the next dimension and you did it for them and you forced them to come back and do it again. <laughs> they are so screwed because of you trying to help, right? So that's an extreme case, but it could happen. So as I say in the book, when you're flowing for others, you are working bona fide magic. You are Harry Potter here. You are working magic. And with great power comes great responsibility. So you have free will and you can do whatever you want. I'm not your boss. But if you want to play it safe, you will either just say for highest good, and that's what I'm going to have you all do. Now, as a shaman, people come to me and they say, I want you to help me in this particular thing. I want this thing healed or transformed or whatever. In which case, I will call for a specific outcome followed by the karma-free safety clause. And that boils down to this or something better, highest could be done. So I will ask for the particular because basically the person asked me to, but I'm saying have this happen if it actually serves highest good of all and only to the greatest extent that serves highest good. That's safe ground. I don't want to take on any karma by forcing something to happen that doesn't serve their highest good. And Benjamin has no idea what their highest good is. My higher self knows. So my higher self is going to handle it and Benjamin's going to be the conduit. Does that make sense? The book goes a little more deep into that, but that's the basic idea. So that's why when you're about to flow to someone else, for our purposes, I just recommend ask the energy for highest good. Uh, and we do have time to do this, and then we'll wrap up after this. So close your eyes. Let's make sure we're in embodied awakening. So please say maximum embodied awakening. That serves highest good, please. Relax and let your awakening be topped off. Ooh, some of you are going deeper. That's great. Just let it be as strong as it wants to be. Okay, some of you are pushing an envelope. Just relax and allow the envelope to be as big as it wants to be. Again, your higher self is not going to push it too far, but some of you are getting more than you've ever had or more than you're accustomed to lately. Just relax and let that awakening be as big as it wants to be. Okay, I'm going to teach you a little trick. If you're feeling resistance to the expansion that wants to happen here, for a moment, become one with the resistant energy. Give it all your attention. If you have resistance, if not, just be in the relaxed state. But if you're feeling resistance, merge with it. Become absolutely one with the resistance for just a moment. Just a moment longer. And now relax completely. Go to zero. Zero effort. There it goes. For all or most of you now, that just opened up. That is my standard technique. If I feel resistance in an energetic process, I merge with the resistance, be one with it for a moment, relax, and it usually relaxes with me. 
So that's not in the book, but that's a little bonus for you there. Okay, I feel like we're all pretty good in Embodied Awakening here. So now, think of a person, just to keep it simple, think of one person that you would like to flow whatever their highest good may be. You don't have to even know. Just pick the person. You're the conduit, you're the pipeline. Your higher self is going to hang out with their higher self and flow what they need. And your ego may have no clue and it doesn't need to know. You're just pipeline. So to do this, say the following out loud. Spirit that I am, please flow the energy through me for name of person's highest good, whoever it is, to the greatest extent that serves highest good, this or something better. Okay, now relax and just, whoa. <laughs> I think y'all are feeling that pretty much. You may notice your own vibration shifting noticeably as you are the conduit. So what's happening is the energy for that person is coming in your crown at the top of your head and is flowing out one or more chakras in the front of your body. The chakras used depend on the kind of energy that's flowing to them. Now, this is a flow that is constantly shifting because as soon as they start receiving energy, their vibration changes and the energy they need changes. So microsecond by microsecond, the color, vibration, frequency, levels of energy are all changing in real time more than your ego could ever keep up with, but no problem for your higher self. So you, the human part, are just hollow reed, your pipeline, and you're just feeling it come through you and going over to that person. Now, depending on how conscious you are, you may just feel energy coming through you and out somewhere. If you're more sensitive, you may feel the recipient and feel the energy going to them. And if you're really sensitive or advanced, you will be the person receiving and be merging with them as the energy goes to them and having the actual experience they're having to some degree. So whatever your experience is, just let it be what it is. And again, your human self is effortless. You're just allowing energy to pass through. Your motto is, I conduit. <laughs> And at some point, the energy will just wrap up and stop when it's done. If for some reason the person you're sending to, their highest good is to receive nothing from you, then no energy will flow. No problem. I feel like we're kind of wrapping up here. So what I want you to notice now before you open your eyes again is, do you feel different now for having been the conduit? Do I feel shifted for having done that just now? Normally that does happen because something magical happens and you can open your eyes now. Something magical happens when you are a highest good conduit, which is you simultaneously receive your highest good. Yay. And there's no compromise. The recipient still gets all the energy that will serve them. But because you're doing a highest good service, the divine says, I like to give as good as I get here. If you're selflessly giving to someone else, I'm going to give to you. And you're going to receive your highest good at the same moment that they're receiving theirs. So you literally cannot bless another person in this manner without receiving blessing yourself. Bonus! <laughs> so cool. So who feels 
better for having done that. Feels I, I feel better too. Yeah, it's actually one of the fastest ways to feel better is to flow highest good energy to someone else. It's I found it amazing how fast you could instantaneously heal something just like that. Yep, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, it happened. I mean, you know. Good. I mean, I don't know about this time, but other times. Mm-hmm. But it's instantaneous. It you can get be. to a place, mm-hmm. you merge, you become. You call in the light or Christ or whatever, mm-hmm. and the person's all of a sudden can walk, or mm-hmm. the person's cancerous tumor goes away. It does happen. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like that. It can be. Yeah. 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 I wish we could guarantee it, but. Right. Know. I wish I could. Now, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell a story that relates to that. When I was first doing ayahuasca work and didn't understand how to negotiate the medicine, by the way, the way I'm teaching you to do the receiving of the invocations is exactly what I have learned to do in ayahuasca ceremonies. What ayahuasca taught me the hard way over many years, because I was a slow learner, is when I start working you, if it feels bad, you just relax, Benjamin, and you feel that shit 100% with no filter. And in my early ceremonies, I was struggling against feeling it. I was trying to heal it myself from my ego, and I would spend a whole ceremony just in agony with one trauma that I wouldn't even let fully heal because I didn't know any better. Cut to a few years later, I've now attained awakening to some degree. peeled some onions. Well, yeah, you're, you're on the right track. So I'm in, I'm in the awakened state and I'm having a healing of that scale happen every one or two minutes. And I'm in my awakened self giggling and watching that trauma just flush out. And I, I lost count of how many layers of trauma I healed in that ceremony because I was awake and just allowing it to happen. So again, it comes back to the core message of this whole process, this invocation system, which is you delegate your healing and your awakening and your blessing of others and your calling of energy to your higher self. There is no human on the planet who can do it a fraction as well as their higher self can do it for them. Not a fair fight. It's above your pay grade. (laughs) Delegate it to the expert Relax and let him do it for you. And that's why it can be instant. That's why it can be rapid. And that's why, in my experience, it works always better than any ego-based technique where the human is doing it through their own effort. Yeah, I used to work with Christ consciousness. And mm-hmm. it was Christ consciousness within and then Christ consciousness on the person I was working with. Mm-hmm. And you, but the thing is, you have to bring it through yourself. Yeah. You can't bring to someone something you're not embodying yourself. And that's if you really want to serve, then your first and highest priority is your own awakening and your own healing. Because the more awake I've been, the more effective I've become. Right? And the same will be true for anyone. Yeah. So there are these people like this martyr thing, oh, I'm not going to care about myself, I'm just going to help other people. Well, unless you take care of yourself and really cultivate your own healing and awakening, your ability to help others is severely limited by your own lack of consciousness. So I've probably talked enough. Any last questions before we wrap it up? Okay. I'm going to step back to the table. If anyone wants a book, I'll be happy to sell you one. And after we do all the book signing and... (laughs) Oh, one last question. I, I, I didn't expect this would be so fun. I may put this recording out to the public. Is there anyone who has any concern about that because your voice might be on the recording? Is there anyone who needs to be edited out? Nah. Okay. All right. Thank you.
And that was my invocation presentation for Connecting Consciousness. Earlier, I mentioned my number one best-selling book called Instant Divine Assistance, Your Complete Guide to Fast and Easy Spiritual Awakening, Healing, and More. Right now, the ebook is only $3.99 and is included with Kindle Unlimited, and the paperback is only $12.99. Also, Awakening Plus events support your individual healing and awakening, as well as global spiritual awakening. Not a member yet? Join one of our free events. Two calls are open to the public each month. Experience how Awakening Plus can accelerate your personal evolution. We'd love to have you join our supportive online community. Awakening Plus is always evolving, but as of February 2023, members receive these exclusive benefits. Nine of our 11 Zoom calls each month are members only. There's an archive of over 500 life-transforming events with a best-of guide. There's three courses, Instant Divine Assistance, Fast and Easy Awakening and Healing, Self-Guided Internal Family Systems Therapy, and Your Divine Allies, Let Them Help You More. Every month, we have astrology mini-readings calls, community support calls, ask-us-anything calls, and office hour calls. There's a members helping members service, you can connect with an accountability partner, and you'll be constantly supported by the Awakening Plus group energy field. Learn more at awakeningplus.com. That's awakeningplus.com. Thanks for being here. Once again, I'm Benjamin Bernstein, and we are wrapping up. Please leave me a five-star rating, review, or comment wherever you're getting this episode so that others can also awaken, heal, and thrive. And be sure to click the link in the show notes for a chance to win one free year of my Awakening Plus online membership. Thanks again for spending this time with me. I wish you infinite blessings.